Welcome to the McCovey Chromecast. It is Monday, April 11th, 2016, and I'm Brian Murphy, and with me is... Doug Brizzoni. Doug Brizzoni. It is, uh, it is the first week of the season. That's over. We're in week two, and uh, the Giants the Giants have won five of their first seven games. Real baseball is back, and I am already really stupid on my prediction of the Giants only winning two of the games this week. What? Who could have predicted that? I, I mean, a lot of people could have predicted that. Literally everybody. <laughs> everyone. Everyone is not you. Uh, but real baseball is back. And I, I mean, I'm stupendously, I'm over the moon. I, I, I'm so completely excited. Um, did, did you have a, a ritual? Do you, did you just take your pants off and watch all the games? I mean, how do you celebrate the return of baseball? Yeah, um, I mean, pants aren't very much good for baseball. They don't really mesh. I I watched the third game of the Brewers series with pants on, and we all saw what happened there. Oh, so, man, what a brutal game. <laughs> um, so really, that was my fault. I apologize for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, pants, I think we can all agree pants are terrible. Um, <laughs> but now we're back. If you're just, uh, if you're wondering what's going on, took the week off and our, we're just going to talk about what happened during the week. Uh, so our format's going to be a little bit different. We're not going to have as many free ranging topics, but the Giants do have a bunch of other news. Um, that's not just their win and loss total, but they played the Dodgers this week. I feel like we should really talk about that. Um, but the first game does that first series, they take t- two out of three in Milwaukee and they certainly had a chance to win all three or the third game as well. Um, and I think it was just simply a matter of, I don't know, they, it was a getaway day and maybe, <laughs> maybe the bats were tired after doing so well. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, Samarja was shaky that day. The bullpen was a little shaky that day and the bats didn't do quite as well as they should have. So, you know, it's baseball that happens. You're going to lose sometimes to uh, teams that I think we can all pretty much agree. The giants are better than the brewers. Yeah, uh, even you, Brian. Even well, I think I had them winning one of those games. Uh, so that's, I think that's so. not better. <laughs> one out of three is not actually better. Um, I uh, I think and Thornburg to me sort of. I'll touch on this a little bit. Uh, well, I'll compare it right now. Thornburg to me and um, and the Dodgers pitcher on Friday whose name we shouldn't forget, but uh, Stripling, uh, they seem to have a similar repertoire, which was fastball, curveball, changeup. And I didn't think that it's not like the most amazing curveball you'll ever see. It's not like a pretty Berezito curveball or even a sh- uh, even that sharp of a curveball, but it was very effective. Um, although I think Stripling does throw like a spike curve or something. But in any case... What they were throwing a lot tended to Thornburg was definitely messing up the timing just enough because um, the offense they had a lot of they had a multiple opportunities to punch through and and take the lead and uh, and they just couldn't do it. But maybe this is a trend that they'll have uh, a guy they haven't seen very much who has a who features that day a good curveball. Maybe that's something that will slow down the Giants' offense because really nothing else, unless you're Clayton Kershaw, really nothing else has so far. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things is that, uh, and Thornburg was actually the winner of the Brewers game was Youngman, who was the the starter. Um, but one of the things is that Youngman didn't 
He didn't, you know, strike a lot Thank of guys you. out. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. I'm staying yep. right at the box score, but yes, that's exactly <laughs> who I meant. Um, I mean, Taylor Youngman didn't really Youngman. strike guys out. You know, they the Giants didn't make great contact off him, but they didn't. They weren't incredibly fooled. It seemed like the sort of thing that if they saw him again and they had that experience and they had the advanced scouting, you know, you would imagine they would do better. Sure, and and. Uh, and I think, like I said, it just they had the opportunities to punch through. So it just, you know, that that idea of yeah. like, okay, that guy in this situation doesn't do it, but next time around, who knows? The configuration's different. And Samarja seemed to settle in pretty well um, after being shaky kind of early on. But he, I, th- I felt like he gave the Giants exactly what they're hoping for. Which, when you're paying that much money, I mean, we kind of forget that the market's elevated or inflated as much as it has, but. You know, for market rate, that's getting very close to what you can expect, which is a little <laughs> sad, but it's not too surprising. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I would imagine they're hoping for better, but this, that is the kind of Jeff Samarja start that after last year, it can't be surprising. And one thing that was uh, I was I almost wrote an article about it, and I'm glad I didn't. But Eno Saris uh, said during I think it was Samarja's last second to last uh spring start he had a he had a tweet about how samarja's stuff and his fastball fastball velocity were indicative of a guy who and his command issues were indicative of a guy who's basically on his way to tim lincecum coming and just like being done and uh i know saying tim lincecum coming now sounds really bad but <laughs> but that For more he than was one reason <laughs> right uh exactly uh and so that was concerning to hear. And I don't think his fastball got above 93 um, on his, in his first start either. So it's something uh, to... well, well, Brooks had it averaging 93. Yeah, it uh, did. It did but to me, it didn't, he didn't look much different than he did in the spring. I think he was able to spot some pitches better than he maybe had been. Um, also, it's not spring training anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Guys are working <laughs> on things. But certainly something to, to keep in mind and watch. Uh, so that was the loss in the Brewer series, but we should start off with the Giants opening day game, uh, April 4th. It was a 12, three against Milwaukee. If you didn't catch it, um, and Madison Bumgarner comes out of the gates and automatically, and right away, we're all yanking our collars going, Ugh. he was, uh, <laughs> is he sick? Is he, um, is he, is he under the weather? Is he got injury issues? And, and, uh, and it all, it all went, it all worked out. For the best after the first three innings he he pitched all right and you know he lasted uh he only went five but he was able to settle in and get six strikeouts and and he looked fine towards the end of it and then uh and then as we saw in his start yes uh saturday that uh he he looks like he's fine <laughs> so, uh yeah. but pitching wise the giants were fine be- and they were fine which is all they needed to be because the offense they scored five or they scored 12 runs uh, and Denard Spain had five RBI, which is pretty impressive for a debut. Um, yeah. I mean, Bumgarner was shaky at the beginning. He settled in a little bit. I think he struck out the side in his last inning, if I'm remembering right. Uh, um, I can look that up. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, it's the sort of thing that you're, you're watching it and he's sort of bad in the early innings and you're, you're kind of torn between thinking, Oh, this is just because he's sick and oh, I'm going to be stupid if, if I'm, if I say this is just because it's, he's sick and it's not like if he has a really bad month, 
I didn't look like an idiot. <laughs> um, so fortunately, he had a he had a really good start against the Dodgers on Saturday. So a lot of those fears that spring that his spring training, you know, ERA meant something, uh, have kind of been allayed a little bit. He did he did strike out the side uh, in his last inning, and he and it was all strikeout swinging. So um, that's great. And and I I recall you know it, it, fastball looked fine. And uh, and it's hard not to just say to go off of Saturday's game, but really after that third inning, he he looked fine. And even even when they were, it was really the first couple of innings where to me he felt or uh, he seemed shakier. And so from really the third inning on, even though he did give up a run in the third, um, it, it was really just kind of like eh, he he's fine. <laughs> um, the home run off of Jonathan VR is always going to be a trouble spot. And that that's how he opened the third. But to me, the Scooter Gannett home run was was worse. Uh, right. Scooter Jeanette home run that was worse. Also off of one two pitch, which maybe we can talk about generally. Uh, this past week, the Giants when they were ahead one and two, uh, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but certainly I could. I'm spotting you us two right now. Uh, the home run to Jeanette and the home run to VR, and then Sunday against the Dodgers, yesterday against the Dodgers. There are certainly some one-two pitches where <clears throat> I don't know if it's pitch selection. It's certainly execution. But uh, the, in the first week, when the Giants have been pitchers have been ahead in the count, uh, it, it hasn't always really gone well, and that's that's a, annoying more than troubling. Um, but you know, Gannett, it's Jeanette. Uh, Jeanette, to me, what was really what was really crappy about that, uh, not just being ahead, but it was it was on a fastball in. But it was just a fastball that didn't do anything. It didn't cut. Uh, it, it was just a really bad pitch. And against a guy who hits left-handers terribly, that was the one that made me grab my my uh, my lower row of teeth in horror. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, he, Jeanette's the kind of hitter that if you're a left-hander and somebody tells you before the game, okay, you're going to make a really bad pitch to some to some hitter, he, you'd be like, oh, it's going to be him, because that's the best chance you have at turning out fine. <laughs> and then <clears throat> let's just quickly cover here. I mean, Denard Span, he crushed a home run. Matt Duffy's home run was, it was very impressive, and it was just one of those things where you're like, okay, Matt Duffy's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, exactly. There's about. Uh, and... And I think we all know that Denard, we all figure Denard Span, at least this year, is going to be a really good pickup. And at least on the first day, to me, except for the shakiness for Bumgarner, uh, it was the Giants could not really have asked for a better opening opening day for the roster they put together. It all looked great. Yeah, it was a really promising day for everyone. So that was, I mean, everyone except Bumgarner. And again, you could just be like, well, sick. So kind of excuse it. So it was it was a really positive day. And then the next day was good, too. It was good yeah. in a different way because the big, you know, the big thing you're looking for in Johnny Cueto's first start is, oh, man, I hope he's only around for two years and not six. <laughs> yeah. um, and he, he pitched like it, like he'll be able to opt out after that second year. That's right. He had, a, he had a great start. He was he was just sharp. uh pretty much right away i i think the the first inning <clears throat> he was able to get through very quickly but to me it was like uh the first inning looked great but it was like the second inning was where they really looked like he had it going on um and i just remember thinking from that point on i'm like okay this is 
this is how he should pitch every time because when he doesn't, you we get results like yesterday. We get Sunday games, and I don't think he's going to be those two extremes the entire season. But <laughs> there's something to there's something scary about the thought that I mean that it could be possible. <laughs> it's just he's gonna be either he's gonna be either that sharp or he's gonna be yesterday against the Dodgers. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's, I think he's going to be a good pitcher. It, it seems like he's had one very bad inning out of the 14 he's pitched. Um, so, you know, it, it put the Giants in a big hole, but at the same time, he, ha- he's looked really impressive except for that first inning uh, yesterday, which, you know, by the way, he was, he was let down by his defense, including himself a couple times there, the shifts, you know, people were just hitting it to the wrong place. I mean, for them, it was the right place, but for him, it was just, you know, guys hitting at the wrong place because the shifts and uh, the Joe Panic was, or not Joe Panic, it was uh, Justin Turner got, yeah, Joe Panic missed the tag on Joe, on Justin Turner in the first. And there were a bunch of things that happened. You're like, oh, come on. It was sort of a, a perfect storm of like ineptitude. And then Johnny Cueto gave up, you know, four well hit balls and a bunch of little dinks and dunks. And he, Started off the inning hitting Chase Utley with a pitch, which I would have been much more okay with if it was a fastball, you know. So the best it just part happened. of yeah, the best part of the Cueto start, I mean, besides the fact that he pitched so incredibly well to me, was there was a moment uh, where he faced Ryan Braun. He struck out Ryan Braun, and it was the forty sixth time that they've faced each other, <laughs> and uh, and Cueto actually struck him out kind of twice. The ump missed the call, so it was a ball. And so, and it was, it would have been a strikeout looking. And so Cueto wasn't happy about it. And so the, but the next pitch he gets, um, I think it was a slider down. Um, Braun swings, he swings and misses at it. And then Ryan Braun looks at Johnny Cueto as he walks back to the dugout. And he actually says, you can read his lips. He says, nice pitch. And it made me just think like, you know, for all the crap that Ryan Braun has deservedly on his reputation, it, isn't it? Like we kind of forget that the majority, like ninety eight percent of these people, love the game, love yeah. like are into it while they're doing it, uh, and I thought that was a cool moment. Um, yeah, it was. It it, uh, it reminded me of the moment a couple of years ago between uh, Troy Tulowitzki and Jose Fernandez. Yeah, when Tulowitzki hit a line shot right back at him, and Fernandez caught it. Right, and you know you could read Tulowitzki's lips. He's like, "You caught that," and, <laughs> and Fernandez just like grinning. Yeah, like yeah, I did. <laughs> um, <clears throat> one one thing that uh, I want to cover real quick in these first two games. Well, the defense was great uh, as well. Crawford, um, the Giants. Uh, the Brewers, I think, had the bases loaded, and uh, Jonathan VR goes for home. And Brandon Crawford, it's a ground ball in the infield, and Brandon Crawford throws home. And uh, Posey dove back to tag uh, VR as he goes for home plate, and he just gets him. He hits him on the hand, I think, like his outstretched hand. Posey hits it, um, and it was just a really cool play to to save the run. I mean, the Giants won the game two to one, and. Um, it was actually a two to one game that outside of that moment, it didn't feel like the Giants were going to lose that game. I mean, that's how well Cueto pitched. Um, but once they got the lead, it just seemed like that was it. And I think that was the biggest play at that point, uh, after that point when the Giants took the lead, uh, to really, to really 
settle it down, and we expected the defense to be good. What I wasn't expecting in game one was that uh, Angel Pagan threw out a runner at home plate as well. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah, he threw a 47 hopper. He threw a 47 hopper to get, again, Scooter Jeanette. (laughs) And, you know, again, this is the Brewers are not that good. But, you know, it is fun to see uh, when when everything's clicking. And, And certainly one thing that we've seen, though, defensively is that those outfield arms are going to be tested uh span and pagan uh certainly are go- are going to be tested every time they get um and then game three again we've already talked about but samar just shaky first inning really and the brewers made a lot of good defensive plays in the early going and i think all that just kind of settled in to kind of kill the mul- the giants are able to put themselves in a lot of scoring chances so if the other teams are able to kind of shut that down or prevent them from getting to those points, then, I mean, that's like most baseball teams. It's how you win games. But, um, you know, some most of the time it takes a lot of good plays to stop the Giants' offense. And we saw that in Game 3 with Milwaukee, and let's roll that right into the Dodgers series. I think um, these last two games, the last two games of a four-game series, certainly the Dodgers' defense kind of made these games um, – you know, they were really taking it to the Giants defensively to kind of hold the offense a little bit, but the offense is actually just really good. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you really can't, you can only do that for so long. <laughs> um, uh, this is all I want to talk about. I just want to talk about the fact that the Giants almost swept a four game, the opening four game series. Um, but yeah, I've been just rambling here, but the Dodgers, the Giants and the Dodgers, that was, you know, you want to talk about heavyweight fights, Batman versus Superman. That was Giants Dodgers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was that was also a really good series. You know, putting aside my bias, that was a series between the you know I'm Tigers saying, and the Royals or something. I'm saying like that, that was, still would have been a really good series. Yeah, I'm saying that was those were two those were two teams just just beating the crap out of each other, uh, and and it it was great. It was tense. It was. Uh, I don't know if we want to say it was tense so much when the Giants win 12 to six, but it was early on. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of that game was tense. Uh, and then it wasn't. And, and <laughs> should we even talk about this? Uh, should we just talk about Friday night instead? I think that's what we all want to talk about. <laughs> well, real right. quick, the Giants won uh, 12 to six on opening day at AT&T Park on Thursday. Let's at least get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> Buster Posey's good friend Hunter Pence hit a grand slam. Right. If you don't know what that's in reference to on the radio call, John Miller, uh, as as Hunter Pence hit a home run, he kind of forgot that it was Hunter Pence batting, and he says Buster Posey with uh, Buster Posey's good a friend grand Hunter slam Pence. for Buster <laughs> Posey's good, good friend Hunter Pence Hall of Fame save. Yes, uh, and and go check Hunter Pence's Twitter. He's already changed his uh, his bio. To Buster Posey, good friend of Buster Posey, so that was great. Uh, and you know, Alex Wood looked really tough for the first four three, innings. Yeah, four innings, and and the the Dodgers were just taking it to the Giants, and then and then really through the first five because they were up four to nothing heading into the bottom of the fifth, and then after that, it was it was not really a game. the The Dodgers got beaten right out of their own game. Yeah, that was fun. I yeah. like that part. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll just touch on it, Jake Peavy. That seemed like the best possible start we could really expect from Jake Peavy. <laughs> Maybe, 
Brian well, I feel like did he, it. I feel like he I think this week made you look dumb enough. <laughs> uh, f- five innings, ten hits, four earned runs. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I I tend to think that PV will get better or get sharper as the season goes on. I mean, it wasn't like he was he was one of their better pitchers in spring training. But even then, it's not saying much. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. I will say this, and, and Jake Peavy is always now my reminder of this. I don't think any right-handed pitcher on the Giants should pitch to Adrian Gonzalez. I think it's folly. I think it doesn't make <laughs> sense. And I really and I looked at the numbers before this at bat because, um, you know what? Do I have the right game? I do. Um, Sergio Romo gave up an, a tremendous home run to jock peterson uh in this game and before that at bat i was going to be really snarky and tweet something but just looking at romo's stats against the dodgers he's faced them a lot he's got like a sub 220 era against them in all his career appearances he just tends to give up big home he gives up like big as in mammoth home runs to them uh, right, and I think it's, it's like just, Hanley a couple times. Uh, Manny Ramirez, yeah, yeah, that's another one. But especially to left-handed hitters, it just seems like that's that's all set up badly. Um, but you know, whatever, it it all worked out in the end. And Hunter Strickland really, Hunter Strickland looked great this weekend. That that was exciting to see, really. Um, uh, so let's just talk about Friday. <laughs> that's all i really want to talk about. well here let, let's go through saturday first saturday was easily the worst game of the series because the giants <laughs> lost it did feature both madison bumgarner and Ari adrianza homering against clayton kershaw so i mean it's not a total loss except in the standings that's right and but grant is grant is completely right in his recap he said you can't <laughs> do that you can't Ari adrianza can't hit a home run off of clayton kershaw and you win the game that's not <laughs> That's, that's not how the universe. That's works. not how it's supposed to work, and I I agree, and I and I think that's the most surprising thing to happen in the history of Major League Baseball. <laughs> I mean, I guess that twenty pounds of muscle really did it. Uh, <laughs> the only the thing I noticed about that at bat because he fouled off a ball. Maybe it was that same at bat, um, but I think it was more likely the one before that, where he just missed a home run. He like was just out in front of it, and it made me think. Two things is Clayton Kershaw not getting his fastball in enough, which is a little silly to think, but it is early in the season. So it's very, that's way likely. But then the other part of it I was thinking was, does Adrianza know he has a hole in his swing or does he know that that's where Kershaw is going to attack? And is he cheating on that? And it made me think that Adrianza actually has a, a, an approach when he goes up there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you can have an approach when you have 20 pounds of muscle and you're in the best shape of your life. <laughs> that's, that's right. And we certainly know Madison Bumgarner had an approach. <laughs> and it was funny because Clayton Kershaw then did not throw him a fastball again in the next at-bat, which... <laughs> and, and never will for the rest never of his will. life. That's right. <laughs> uh, and that, and the Giants had a chance to win that game. And I mean, it's really easy to rag on Kel... Really easy to rag on Kelby Tomlinson. But it was wet and Santiago Casillo was... He created that entire uh, ninth inning problem that uh, right. led to the extra inning. So it was just a it was just a breakdown, and the weather didn't help. But uh, it was just a confluence of events that the Giants, again, because of Adrian's home run, rightly lost that game. <laughs> <laughs> it it was an affront to gods and men. Yes, that's right. And then uh, yesterday's game Sunday was 
was fairly similar to the Thursday game, uh, was very similar to the Thursday game. As you were saying before, Cueto had a, a bad inning, had some defensive problems. I think Justin Turner is just going to constantly cause problems uh, for everybody. He he yeah. has shown that, uh, but especially for the Giants. And he, Justin Turner is like one of those like satanic dolls that a bad guy in a bad episode of the X-Files is going to pray to and it's going to do right. evil things, <laughs> except right. like he can just pray to himself. That's right. Uh, and so I, I, it was one of those great team efforts, really just not giving up. If you're the manager, you're just going to have those platitudes. Um, but really it, it was, it was a great game um, that, that he lasted as long as he did um, Cueto. Um, and I didn't get to watch much of it. That This was a radio game for me, really. But I it I can only I, – I don't think his fastball really got up beyond 91 the, the entire day, which is a little surprising, I would say. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, his fastball, I don't remember it being especially fast. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's a cliche, but it's – you know, people say it for a reason. If you can locate it, if you have movement, then you will do a good job. And that's what happened. Yeah, I I was uh, one of the Dodgers SB Nation writers was asking me how fast his fastball was in his last start, or, or it was basically because in the early going it was basically hovering around uh, eighty nine, um, and that to me doesn't necessarily raise a red flag, but certainly when you look at his you know look at his other game, he was at ninety two uh, ninety three pretty consistently, um, so. I'm sure it'll yeah. all be fine, and and he got he got plenty of strikeouts still, so it it all worked out, and he got the win. Let's not forget. That. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he had eight strikeouts uh, on ten hits. What a day! Um, almost a two whip for the day. Very nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's just talk about Friday. Friday, Ross Stripling, the Dodgers' emergency emergency backup starter. <laughs> Uh, so many injuries. He was pressed into service. He had Tommy John surgery uh, two years ago, and so he was still kind of working his way back. He hadn't really been stretched out for the spring, and he was he basically threw a no hitter against the Giants. Was throwing a no hitter against the Giants, and I would say that the key to that game was the fact that they were in the game. That right. Matt Kane was back for a night. <laughs> Yeah, he was he was full on Matt Cain again. It was it was just like old times. He was having a really good start. He made like one or two mistakes that led to runs. The Giants were getting shut out, so he was going to take an unfair loss. It was really giving me some flashbacks. It was I mean, it would have been a top ten caning for sure. Absolutely. Uh, which when he retires, we will have to put that together. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, if you didn't watch the game, I, surely you've heard of it by now, but Trevor Brown's first major league home run <laughs> ties the damn game. And, <laughs> uh, and so to me, the, the, the craziest baseball side story to this was Trevor Brown, Brandon Crawford, and Dave Roberts all being UCLA grads. And it would be <laughs> a very strange night for UCLA, uh, all the way around. Um, and now getting back to actual baseball, Brandon Crawford, uh, really smoked the crap out of that ball to left field. And it, the weather has not really been great the last few games at AT&T park. And yet 
left field has remained the power alley as or as the ball has jumped in that direction. Yeah, I mean, the Giants are hitting the ball hard over there, and it is it is flying out, which is uh, impressive. It's a little surprising because last year they had a good offense, but they weren't a power-hitting team. Um, and this year they've just decided, we're going to hit a ton of homers, <laughs> which, by the way, I'm fine with. I think that's a good strategy. They, they should keep doing that. I think you'll find a problem anywhere with that. <laughs> yeah, especially with people on base. Um, I just – what a game, though, just – in terms of again, Matt Cain, whatever his mistakes were, um, they were sort of in the realm of typical pitching mistakes that aren't going to kill your team. Um, some hard contact here and there, but the the Dodgers are good teams. What so, <laughs> <laughs> is one of those things? Um, and I was really impressed by how his fastball. I don't think his fastball is back and it may never come back but he was able to spot it well and it looked like i'm saying it's not back in that it didn't look like it had that late life that it's supposed to have or that little jump that lets him live high up in the zone but his breaking stuff looked sharper and as all the beat writers and everyone else has mentioned his curveball didn't have that loop in there that just all that stuff that made it look like that he was just a really bad pitcher like Jamie Moyer at the end of his career, you know, the last decade of his career. Um, so, but so to me, you know, the giants winning the game and, and, and kind of turning history around in a very dramatic way uh, was fantastic. But really the, the takeaway for both teams should be that their, their back starters might actually really help them out. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's, that is going to be that's encouraging for for the Dodgers. I'm sure it's very encouraging for the Giants because Matt Cain, you know, he hasn't really been he had he had, he was fine at the in the second half in 2013, but other than that, he hasn't been good since 2012. Yeah. So it's if he's back and he's you know he doesn't have to be Matt Cain again, but if he's just an average to above average starter, which he definitely looked like on Friday, then that is huge for the Giants because that means they can absorb. Bad starts from Jake Peavy, Jeff Samarja, and it's not nearly as crushing the team's chances. Though apparently with their offense, bad starts are not crushing <laughs> their chances at all. Yeah, so. it, just, it just reminds the offense that they need to score. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess a, a great, the best case scenario in my mind, and yes, this is setting the, the best case very low, is that, you know, Matt Cain and Jake Peavy this year give the Giants what Jake Peavy gave them last year. Uh, if both of those guys can sort of duplicate that type of season for them, uh, I feel like that, that that's not, that's Matt Cain, not being Matt Cain. Like you said, uh, that's him just being some, something useful, but if they give him, if they give, if they get that kind of performance in the back of the rotation, and then I, I think Samarja is going to be an interesting guy because he could just be incredibly Russ Ortiz volatile. You don't know <laughs> uh, right. with lots of walks or whatever. Um, uh, so, yeah. I, and I really think Matt Cain is in that situation where he had to, as I said before, he had to like compensate to pitch around all that pain and discomfort. Now it's gone. He's got to learn how to pitch quite, kind of regularly. And maybe that's the quest for this year. Yeah, um, I mean, it's the hope that with his elbow being fixed that he can throw 
like a good pitcher, <laughs> um, which is, you know, he hasn't done that. I, I don't know how long these problems have really been going on. I mean, he said his whole career, but let's be realistic. If he had bone chips in his elbow in 2007, problems would have popped up before 2013 or 2014 or whatever. Also, just um, seems like in when the Giants were really bad, if there was something going on that they wouldn't have just said, here, do the surgery now. But maybe not. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong about that. No, I mean, it seems like they would have just. I mean, I guess you never want to really, you never want to open up a pitcher's arm if you, if you have the choice. Yeah, I think that's more likely. Uh, yeah. yeah. I so I mean, Trevor Brown, uh, <laughs> Trevor Brown hitting. Uh, I mean, he, first of all, let's let's let, or let's go down the list of things about this game. Trevor Brown automatically a giant for life. Um, yeah, just like Guillermo Quiroz. <laughs> you beat the giant or beat the Dodgers. You're a giant for life. Uh, that's how it works. Uh, but we're all on the fence about his defensive skills, right? <laughs> He's, offensive skills, you mean? Uh, no, I'm saying defensive skills. There seems uh, he seems. I guess it's a tough call when you're still gum, coming off of Buster Posey, but uh, it seems like he's very much a, a backup catcher. Is is basically all I'm getting at. There seemed his arm is is good. I think we're he's not um, he's not Susak back there. Um, I don't. I'm not a fan of Susak's arm, but uh, and he's not quite stabby. But uh, on the catching, but I don't know. It, his framing uh, and his ability to kind of steal strikes seem lacking to me. And I am definitely armchair uh, fan viewing him, and I'm comparing him to Buster Posey, which is also unfair. But uh, <laughs> right. But certainly, offensively, you're you're expecting Guillermo Quiros again. <laughs> Yeah. You're expecting um, it basically that I have no, like for me, I'm like, that's great that he hit a home run. I'm fine with that. I mean, just don't look completely to me. Chris Stewart was like too bad. He and Eli Whiteside were like too bad offensively to stomach whatever positives they brought you. And so to <laughs> me, tra- seriously, like it, like, yes, I get it. Chris Stewart is an excellent defensive catcher, but he's so bad offensively. That is it really helping you. And when you got a team like the giants, at that in those years, that was really bad. That was like you could not take. You had two pitchers in the lineup, basically. Um, I don't think Trevor Brown's that bad. Is really what I'm getting at offensively. Um, I mean, I I watched Trevor Brown in Fresno or in Sacramento a bunch. No, not in Fresno. Don't worry about that. Don't feel bad for the people. Um, and you know he he was okay last year in AAA, which means that. Those are not major league hitting skills. Um, like if someone's okay in AAA, then you should be worried about their production <laughs> at the major league level. <laughs> well, sometimes but, I um, feel like you don't really know as well. And who knows? Cause yeah. AAA is so weird, but to me, it just doesn't seem like I, I'm not saying like, Oh yeah, he'll be fine. I definitely think when he's in the lineup, you need to have that traditional pitching line <laughs> or the, the, right pitcher hitting ninth or whatever and and hopefully he's bunting or something but he just seems like a very like great he's a backup catcher and i'm fine with that and we'll take what we get and he's gonna yeah. play once or twice a week he's thoroughly fine as a backup yeah. catcher absolutely i think uh, that's the takeaway <laughs> uh dave robert i mean dave roberts gets just drowned in the rivalry right away because of this game <laughs> um the giants won the game without uh, with a zero batting average on balls in play, which is pretty amazing. They had three runs on two hits. Both the hits were home runs. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, <laughs> and I think that's got to be one of the, 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 these two teams that play each other so much. Oh, we're getting away from things. Ross Stripling would have been the first pitcher in his debut to throw a no hitter since Bumpus Jones. Yeah. Bumpus Jones. Absolutely. Bumpus freaking Jones. <laughs> legend uh, of Bumpus Jones. The legend of Bumpus Jones. Uh, and it was one of those games where the Giants fans booed when they pulled Stripling from the game. <laughs> So it, it transcended the rivalry. I mean, that to me makes it uh, an all timer, right? Like it's it's an all timer, and the fact that it blew up so immediately <laughs> uh, yeah. was incredible. <laughs> you weren't expecting that. <laughs> that was probably the bigger thing. <laughs> yeah, that was spectacular. And then two batters later, one or two batters later, the pitcher the pitcher got his manager ejected. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and you know, it's funny cause Hatcher comes out the next game. Uh, he pitched Saturday, right. And he, and yes. he just is like throwing darts and is, is totally fine. And that's baseball, man. One day, one day you look terrible. One day, next day you look great. Um, I, so it's just kind of a stunner in the first week of the season that you don't really get, there was no really, I don't know where here's the segment. What was to you was the worst game of the week? The Giants had suffered two losses. Uh, what do you think was the worst game of the week? I mean, probably the the Kershaw one, just because it was such a it was such a heartbreaker when Tomlinson bobbled the ball and they lost. Yeah, I, I think I mean, that's the other, pretty. The other one was a pretty standard baseball loss, you know, that's going to happen forty to fifty times a season for every team in the history of baseball. Yeah, I get upset when when my when my favorite baseballing squadron loses a game. Like it bums me out, but not right. that game, not the third game in Milwaukee. I was like, oh, like I got over that one pretty quickly. Um, but the the Kershaw one bummed me out all day or Saturday and yeah. through most of some like the the how <laughs> Sunday's game took shape. It just kind of clumped together. Um, but again, it the fact that they even had a chance to beat Clayton Kershaw. What uh, <laughs> that they did, you know, the game what how, went how it went, considering how Bumgarner really did put a lot of runners, uh, you know, on base and got out of trouble. I mean, it, it's I think the high wire losses for some reason hit harder, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's just uh, how it is, you know. You get your hopes up for something dramatic and great to happen, and then something dramatic and sucky happens. And then Friday, like, oh, this is this is much worse. This is much worse. <laughs> That's exactly right. My, I don't like having my hopes dashed. Like, I don't like having them raised and dashed. Uh, just put put me out of my w- misery over nine innings. Uh, but then but the best game of the week, we're all clear. It was Friday. Yeah, There's Friday, no, for there's sure. No. Uh, and it's pretty crazy that you could have two already. These are two candidates for the, their respective categories. Like when we get to when we get to the offseason or the you know, after 162 and we look back, you know, both of these could potentially be contenders for best game of the season and worst game of the season. Um, yeah. I mean, I would expect, I would expect at least one to be worse than, than that Kershaw game. But... No, the Giants are never playing in Colorado this whole season. There's not. Oh, that's a good point. There's no, yeah. there's no chance of it. Like so yeah, never mind. Uh, what was I thinking? All right. So not about that rule. That's a really good rule. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what you predicted. I think you predicted either four and three or five and two. I think I predicted four and three. Yeah. And I predicted two and five. So we're both still on on track, our predictions. Um, (laughs) 
And uh, who do you call your player of the week? Um, I mean, it's it's a cliche, but probably has to be Buster Posey. Buster Posey. <laughs> because he's uh, he's quite good, as it turns out. It, it Apparently, folks, if you didn't know, Buster Posey is excellent at baseball. And uh, the, the part that uh, now that we've seen Buster Posey so many years, um, well, first of all, not counting today's or man, I got to get this right. Uh, I got to factor in Sunday's stats still, but um, I guess for the first week of the season, he hit 391, 444, 696, two homers, five RBIs. He stole a base. He mm-hmm. stole a base. Stole I mean, because sure, the second baseman dropped the ball, but let's not. Yes. You know, it's probably because <laughs> Posey put so much speed on the play. I think if I'm remembering right. Um, no, it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, he, he had a good turn through the rotation, catching the ball six times. So Buster Posey, player of the week. Buster Posey. All right. I'm going to endorse that. I, But I, I feel like some honorable mention. <laughs> are are necessary i'd like to give an honorable me- mention to well matt duffy seems really easy but i'm gonna get to him later i'm gonna say for to me angel pagan is is the is the uh honorable mention for players yeah, cool. uh um, also trevor brown who did uh, <laughs> you know, trevor brown is like he's already he already like history and he's a giant for life what he doesn't mean <laughs> exactly. uh but yes trevor brown certainly should get honorable mention i mean uh I think just catching a wet game and then right. still hitting a home run like late at night. And like, you know, you, you could have been done and just like, Oh, whatever. But he, he was, he got excited and he was like, finally, I don't have to see this guy. I don't have to see <laughs> stripling again. That's great. Um, which again tells you baseball players are 98% of them are so completely engrossed in, and, and, and interested in the game. Um, and that home run created a nice moment with the uh, Samarja and Pence sort of like bro bonding in the dugout when they chest bump <laughs> and cheered each other. So that was cool to see the new guy getting involved. Um, but to me, Pagan, he looked okay defensively there. I think there was a game. I think there was a ball that got by him on Saturday that kind of annoyed me, but <laughs> that was probably more the result of a shift. And, yeah. uh, and, and, I've seen him kind of like make that route when he's in center field. So that was why my brain was combining the two, but uh, offensively he was, he was great. He hit a home run today or <laughs> he hit a home run on, uh, on Sunday and, uh, and he, right. Yes. He hit a home run on Sunday yes. and he, Wait. yeah, off of Casimir yeah, and, right. and he hit three twenty for the, for the week. Uh, he had an OPS over a thousand and, he was fine out there. He even he hadn't he had a put out. He hadn't a he he or had an assist. He threw out Scooter Jeanette in Milwaukee. I don't care how many hops it took. That's got to feel good for him. <laughs> you don't get a ton of chances in center field to really even throw someone out at home plate. And <laughs> so who cares, man? Take it. And also, just after all the all the crap that I've heaped on him, all I don't know how much crap you want to say you've heaped on him, but I certainly have. And all based on the idea of like he probably should have made like been open to this move or not seemed seemed like such a pout uh prior to this. But if he's healthy, I mean we we know Angel Pagan's very capable of very similar type of performance. Um 
I mean, I loved the signing when they got him, but I mean, or when they traded for him, but uh, I was just glad to see that he came out of the gate strong. Yeah, I mean, you can see, you've been able to see this year so far, the kind of player that they hoped like they hoped they were getting when they signed him that four year deal. Yeah, um, he is not to be incredibly cliched, dynamic. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's something that he can do, and it's you know when he's showing off his skills it's really impressive and that's what he did this week yeah i mean it's it's not really i mean he is dynamic a switch hitter with speed with some good on base with some good power these are all things that that you absolutely would want you absolutely would want um so (laughs) buster posey i imagine is probably going to get the player of the week honors very often so uh let's look ahead real quick to next week um next week the giants we don't have to predict we already did all that you can listen to that on our special edition croncast that we released a couple weeks ago um but they play starting tuesday starting tomorrow um three in colorado and then it's down to la for three over the weekend uh one of those days will be jackie robinson day unrelated but just looking ahead they're going into colorado where i guess the rockies um trevor story hits three home runs a game now and has <laughs> just stepped right in they have a shortstop who's just stepped right in and erased troy Tulowitzki from franchise history <laughs> which uh, i mean let's be honest long time coming yes, right. <laughs> that jerk <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know you go in there in colorado always a house of horrors for the for the for the giants horrors <laughs> for the yes. chance yes uh and it'll be um it'll be samarja who who might give up 20 home runs in this game in his first <laughs> game uh it'll be samarja pv and kane and those are all bad pitchers to go to colorado with <laughs> i mean <laughs> if, that I'm if, kane out loud. The, if kane's the pitcher he looked like on friday night then he'll be fine um, well, Kane isn't, you know, Colorado, of course, has never been great to Matt Kane. <laughs> well, no, because Matt Kane yes. is all that is pure and good in baseball, <laughs> and Matt Kane is a hellhole. Or, you know, Forest Field is a hellhole. That's right. Uh, and so, you know, offensively, presumably, you're not going to be setting it. You're just hoping that the Giants can be able to score more runs than the Rockies. <laughs> Which but they might be able to do. They might be able to, to do. Um, and then... I want to throw this out there. I think I'd like to see a nice series from Denard Span in Colorado because he's been really quiet since Milwaukee and really yeah. kind of since opening day, but uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but like his on-base percentage is below 250 right now. And he hasn't really been, he didn't really make any hard contact um, in the LA series and Colorado just seems like a good place for him to kind of get going, maybe hit a couple of doubles and because of that huge outfield, maybe we'll see him make some cool. He'll really get to test his range. We'll see some cool plays. Um, so yeah, yeah, hopefully he gets going. The LA series seemed like a bad matchup. There were so many three lefty yeah. starters against him, and you know one of them was was Kershaw. So yeah, that's wait did he did he play the Kershaw game? He did. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. So that's never going to be fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, Casimir Casimir did a good job all the lefties who were not Brandon Belt yesterday. That's right. Um, and so, you know, that was a little tough. So hopefully he'll he'll be able to rebound against 
whoever Colorado has pitching, presumably Jorge de la Rosa. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I'm assuming he's just going to be there forever. <laughs> um, I'm, I have not looked at the probables yet, but just going to the Dodger series, I can tell you the probables will be Bumgarner and Cueto and Samarja against Kershaw, Casimir and Maida. Okay. I think he's their number um, three starter. And uh, we should mention that, you know, I'm I'm not as big of a pessimist as Brian. I will say the Sunday game is an ESPN game, so the Giants are going to lose. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not the, I mean, everyone knows they, they lose that game. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Let's get to some actual big news that wasn't the week that was, or just like glancing at the week ahead. Giants signed Brandon Belt to a five-year extension. They tore up the deal this year, so it's essentially a six-year deal. And it's $79 million. And Brandon Belt is going to stay with the Giants. And... Brandon Belt is going to stay with the Giants. So I'm sure the internet has nothing to say about that. <laughs> and and to me, I, I mean, we know the Giants want to keep their homegrown players together. And, and this, to me, signals the biggest thing of they like Brandon Belt. <laughs> they like Brandon Belt and they like Buster Posey as a catcher. Well, see, so now we can still talk about that. <laughs> uh, I think that's, yeah, obviously that's what that signals. That's very, 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 very likely. However, Angel Pagan's contract expires after this year. So in theory, you could still do the swap and actually commit to a spring training where belts in left field. And then you have a conventional kind of power hitter in left field. But I would hope, I I really do hope that, that this, <laughs> I don't need to hope anymore. This is basically what it is. Posey staying at catcher and Brandon Bell is playing first base. I'm just throwing it out there. Pagan is gone after this year. So um, you can still Pagan do the other thing. I, I would say that there are several prospects the Giants have coming up. Obviously, you know about um, Mac Williams and Jarrett Parker. <laughs> But they also have Christian Arroyo in double A and he doesn't really, you know, he's an infielder, but he does, there isn't room on the infield. They, right. the giants can't, I don't, I mean, they could, I guess, put a fifth infielder in, but then they'd have to take out an outfielder and a lot of hits with drop-ins. It's probably a bad idea. So they <laughs> might move him to left field. Um, whenever he's ready to get to the majors. Have you seen him play before? Uh, I have, I've seen him play twice. What do you think? Could you imagine him in the outfield or you just, you don't, your brain doesn't work that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, he's a, he's a thoroughly adequate shortstop in the minors right now is my understanding of the scouting. Like he looked, he didn't look great when I saw him, but I saw him um, in San Jose, San Jose's playoff run last year. So he, he might have just been exhausted. Um, Especially because that was in the middle of playing a lot of games in a row. Sure. so, I mean, I couldn't say for sure, but he's, you know, he's athletic enough. The reports are that he could do it. Um, so I don't know. Because it, it struck me as odd that Kelby Tomlinson didn't work out there. But I mean, odd in the sense of like, come on, man, you got to find a position. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I mean, it's, you can't you can't necessarily move someone there. Um, Arroyo, I think, is a better shortstop than Tomlinson because Tomlinson, when I saw Tomlinson at shortstop, he looked pretty bad. Um, yeah. So I would say that Arroyo is probably more athletic in that way. And also Arroyo looks like a 12 year old. So, <laughs> so the giants are just kind of waiting him to look a little more legal before. They start. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what they'll want. But, uh, certainly Brandon belt, the giants are, 
the commitment obviously speaks for itself. Um, and, and just in terms of this is all part of what we're kind of hoping happens with Brandon Belt this year, I would think that he takes to me, he seems like he has that ceiling still to take a step and really move into, um, you know, basically being what they expect from Hunter Pence every year or or not even having to play that traditional. He's not going to be Joey Votto or he's not going to be Miguel Cabrera. Um, just trying to think of kind of prototypical first baseman that you think of or Prince Fielder. You love his defense. You love his on base. You know, you're hoping for lots of doubles. And if he stays healthy and, you know, I I think like this is these are all the signs of like the, the teams committing to him that basically you're just kind of hoping that all that clicks into place. And he's he's an all star player. He should be an all star first baseman. It seems strange that he would be kind of in that James Loney's ceiling level. It, it just doesn't. He seems to have slightly better skills than James Loney. Yeah, uh, no, he does. I think. um I mean, they're, they're different players in a lot of ways, but I think your, your Hunter Pence comp is a pretty good one. Like, that's the sort of offensive player they think that he can, that it seems like he can be. Uh, that, in fact, over their careers, their numbers are not that, their, their slash lines are not that different. And, um, and that's and a great player. Some, some re, Pence has been a great player. He's played in some really hitter-friendly yards. Um, belt in his career has about, I mean, Pence in his career has about 15 points of slugging on Belt. But that is not a huge difference considering Belts only played his own games at AT&T Park. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it seems like he can be and he, he is already a really good player. And it seems like he can be better. Not to say he will be, because if he stays the, as the player he is for a while, that'll still be a good deal on the contract. That'll yeah. still be a good player that we all fondly remember. Everyone, because everyone loves Brandon Belt. <laughs> That's is, the other thing. They play. like him. He, he's a likable guy. He's, he's a very likable guy. Uh, all great things. So we'll take some Twitter questions. I think until either of us come up with a good game, we'll we'll play the game by ear. You're certainly all listeners free to submit your ideas for weekly games. It'd be nice if we had something that we could always go back to, but I don't feel like uh, any of the games we've done so far are worth updating. <laughs> uh, they're all definitive. The big spoon, little spoon, that that has been decided. We can't that, go back that, to that. It's over. It's Done. over. That's right. Uh, so let's go to our Twitter questions. Um, Doug, what do we got? All right. So the first one is from Ryan Duca at Blazers Rule 88. And the question is, who's next for an extension and what might it look like? Hmm. Well, they've got the infield all locked up. Uh, so that, and, and they don't really have to do anything with Matt Duffy or right. Panic. They don't have to extend panic yeah. or Duffy. Uh, I would say extension, which is a great, you know, that's a great qualifier. Uh, I would say the most logical next extension, uh, I was leaning position player, but I mean, Javier Lopez. Um, yeah, Javier Lopez is a good one. I could see them also going, staying in the bullpen with Hunter Strickland if they think he's the closer of the future. They might want to get that done now. That's a possibility. But it, but see, the tricky thing about extension, when I hear extension, I kind of think like happen in season. And now, and, and I think both of our responses, those could be done in the offseason. You know what I mean? Like Javier Lopez could sign after the season. They wouldn't necessarily extend him during it. That doesn't. Seem like would it, would it technically be an extension for Lopez? I think his contract's up after the season. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, and yeah. 
And they could, they could, I guess, anything they sign because they still have team control of Hunter Strickland, so they could sign him, and that would technically be so. Actually, you are correct, Hunter Strickland. But if we're talking offensively, um, I can't see, I don't see them extending Pagan at all. Um, I think they're happy to let him walk. Um, I guess the other possibility, and it's one that people keep talking about, though I don't think the Giants are going to do it anytime soon, is Bumgarner. Yeah, I, I thought about that. He did change agencies recently. And uh, so to me, though, it just seems like they're in a tricky spot because they're going to have to tear up any extension with him. They're going to have to tear up some part of what's already there. And I think in the case of Belt, because he made $6.2 million this year, and I actually have yet to see what the particulars are of the deal about what that got changed to. But, you know, you're talking about your first baseman who's either going to be your cleanup hitter or your number five hitter. And so $6.2 million, he might get somewhere in like $8 million range. I can see that. That makes sense. But literally um, anything you change from Bumgarner, yeah. uh, to me, it's going to like double. So what, Bumgarner is <laughs> making like $7 million this year. It's going to be $16 million just to get – they're going to want market rate as soon as you change any part of that of that deal. So uh, to me, it seems like the Giants are not served by having that conversation. Not this year, at least. Um, yeah, I mean, that's sort of my feeling that this isn't going to be the year for it. It would probably be next year. And so if you're looking for like the goodwill or the sort of, you know, we're going to build bridges, that kind of thing, you do it by tearing up the option years instead of these guaranteed cheap years. Right. Uh, the details of Belt's contract, it's, 6.2 million this year still. Okay. Um, so that didn't change. It's 8.8 if I'm remembering right uh next year and then it's 16 a year after that. Wow, so that's pretty that's pretty substantial but it been, essentially it, it gives him current 2016 market rates starting in 2018. So that deal kind of benefits the Giants yeah uh, a little bit. Uh and actually now that I pull up Bumgarner's numbers uh, he's making nine, he's making almost $10 million this year, 9.95. So, you know, and the option years, um, are 18 and 19. Um, and they're going to be like 13 and 16 million. I think they are. Um, so to me, it's just like, well, he automatically, they're going to start have to pay him. Uh, they would have to change to get those to tear up the option years. I see to me, Doug, I don't even think the Giants should tear up the option years. You say as an act of good faith, I'm like, I don't know that <laughs> that makes sense. Maybe one of the option years they do, maybe the 2019. But to me, I don't know why the Giants wouldn't lock him up for the next three years for sure. And then right. negotiate off after that. So uh all right, what else we got? Sorry, uh, that's a really question. important question to me. I sorry. It's a, that <laughs> is. No, that's a good question. Um the, the next question is from Brett at BYU underscore SF Giants fan. Uh, and the question is, almost everyone on the Giants is on pace to hit 20 or more homers. Who will? Okay. Um, Pence, Posey. Yeah. I'm going to say Belt this year. I'm going to do it. <laughs> You're going wild, man. I'm going wild. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to say those three guys. Yeah, that seems right. Um Crawford did it last year. I yes. don't know that he will again. Right. That might have been like not to say he'll be bad or anything, but that might have been as much as we're going to see from him offensively. 
I think a lot of Which, people like to say that, and I might agree, but I still think if he hits 18 or 19 home runs, <laughs> yeah, he'd be really good still. <laughs> no, it would be. I'm not, yeah, that, that's not denigrating his, his pr- projected performance or anything. I'm just, um, he did it last year. That doesn't mean he's going to do it this year necessarily. But, you know, he's got a chance, definitely. Uh, but I think just, but I think you're right on those 30 pence uh, belt and posey. That I'd, seems right to me. I'd love to see. I mean, yes, we'd love to see all of our players do it. But I mean, if I'm just being realistic, I feel like if, you know, Crawford's ceiling is probably that. And I would love Duffy to surprise us all and get there too. It seems like he could do it, but it, I'm very happy with Matt Duffy hitting 10 to 12 home runs a year and hitting like 35 doubles. <laughs> that would be fine. But I would love to see him hit 20 home runs. I think that'd be great. And um, um, I don't think Joe Panic is the swing for that kind of power. My no. memory of Joe Panic um, will always be I was at the in 2014 I, I went to spring training um, with my girlfriend Kristen. Hi, <laughs> um, and we we went went to the minor league complex and we saw Joe Panic taking batting practice and he was just spraying line drives all over the field, and that's sort of what his swing will always be to me, like in its best state. So I'm thinking probably not for him for 20 homers. Yeah. Which is fine. That's not that doesn't yeah. mean he's a bad player or anything, but I just no. don't think that's the kind of player he is. It takes all kinds, folks. Uh, <laughs> it takes all kinds. <laughs> all right, we're running long. I know one of the questions is from at Lars the Wonder. I think we're wants... gonna go with that one. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Well, I, I do have one before <laughs> okay. that. Okay. Um so uh at side out par, whose username is currently even year and then the shrug thing says, make sure you tell Brian he's dumb for real. You're dumb, Brian. Yes. Uh right. then... I know. I know. Then we, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then we have the one from Lars at Lars the Wanderer. Not a question, but I'd like to hear Brian say good things about the Giants for five minutes straight. Well, I didn't write anything down specifically, but I'm prepared. I'm prepared to do it. So okay, and I feel like it needs to be. He means like this year's team currently. Like, yeah, I can't just exactly. talk about the Giants. Because everyone seems to think I hate the Giants, when the truth is I love the Giants. But the difference is, is I can like a team like the Mets and not care if they lose. If someone, it sucks when baseball players get hurt, but if something happens to, uh, you know, it just doesn't matter. I can watch certain teams and not feel very strongly. Anything Giants related, I feel very strongly. Here are my positive thoughts for five minutes. Starting the timer, right, right, right. Now, the Giants are great because they have won three World Series in the last six years. But did you know that Brandon Belt is seriously one of the most likable human beings you could ever meet? And he's one of these big guys. And I like the fact that he's very approachable. Uh, He seems like he's got a good heart about him. And I'm sure he's been made fun of a lot in his entire life. But he seems to handle it well. And he's certainly committed to playing baseball very well. He hasn't given up when things have gotten down and he's looked great to start the season and he stayed healthy. And I'm extremely excited about that. As I've said before, I think this is the year for him where he really is an all-star. I think he's an all-star caliber player and I'd I'd like to see him make the all-star game. There's my big prediction, a positive one. Hunter Pence. What's not to like about Hunter Pence? He should be in the all-star game. Buster Posey was advocating for Hunter Pence to be in the All Star or the Home Run Derby, and I think he should be because Hunter Pence's home runs, especially when he hits those crazy backspinning ones that split right center field, are some of the most exciting things you could see on a baseball field. And that's 
impartial. It's just fun to watch Hunter Pence hit those kinds of home runs. Um, we all know that Buster Posey is great, but he is also talking up his teammates, and he's going to stay as a catcher. And I think the Giants organization, which we know is a great organization, because not just of their success, but because of their consistency. And if you look at sort of their their corporate, oh, I hate saying that. If you kind of look at their culture, is what I'm getting at. They really are geared around trying to find the right people who are good. Um, and are well-intentioned, which is why when you get a situation like, um, oh, I'm not even going to get into that, <laughs> but when you get into people who are accused of crimes, you know, you'd like to think that if they have a top prospect who does well uh, or gets committed, convic- I'm going to change all this. I'm already breaking. I can't go five minutes without getting into a negative. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I started talking about the murder on the roster. Uh, Angel Villalona, but you know they kept him in the roster. They've kept him on the team when they when they could have cut him loose and they could have whatever. And you could say, well, he's already sunk cost. They weren't going to be able to trade him, and it's just like an, a business decision that they're keeping him and playing him. That's possible, but it's also possible that based on what we know about the Giants, they are willing to say, let's see what we can do here and see. As long as he's available to play and he's willing to reform and change his ways, perhaps there's something we can work with. And I know when it comes to murder, it's kind of hard for people to stomach the idea of second chances and rehabilitation and responsibility. But as a baseball team, they are they these people do commit to uh, the the human beings that they sign up uh, that they sign up and they put on the roster. And I've always respected that. I've written articles talking about how the giants are very people positive. And I think that that's something that is very easy to lose track of when it comes down to wins and losses, man, I'm getting winded and this is tough and this has got to be excruciating for anyone to listen to. Uh, I love that Santiago Casilla can look completely terrible and then look completely great and have the closer. He has the closer mentality of you've just got to forget about it. Almost pitch to pitch, you've got to forget about it. And he's been on the team for so long, not strictly because of his performance, but because he's been what the Giants have needed him to do, and he's done it. He's filled all the roles, not just capably, but exceptionally. And it's very hard to put a price on on that. It's very hard to find guys like that unless you are looking for it, unless you have some sense of it, unless you have some training about it. And I, I think it's it's kind of a miracle when you look at the core elements of this team and then the people they've been able to find over the years to kind of uh, to, to bring up. You have Joe Panic, you have Matt Duffy. And now let's talk about Matt Duffy. You know what I love about Matt Duffy? I love that Matt Duffy seems... You can see him making adjustments. You can see him improving. And I really think Matt Duffy is going to be a really solid to above average player for several years. Uh, And I think he's definitely earned his stripes very quickly. And I'm very impressed by what I see in him and adjusting. I'm completely shocked by how Joe Panic is a hitting machine and in the best way possible and that he was, he's a great player, but he seems unflappable. And something about he and Duffy uh, are, are are great, but it started with Brandon Crawford. Brandon Crawford 
what could look bad at the plate, but he never, he never, he always looked unflappable. He always looked like he was ready to go back out there and, and not give up at bats. Um, he, he would have, he had bad years of offense, but he has progressed very steadily. And I think that's a commitment to working hard and it's a commitment to uh, a certain mentality that you're going to succeed. And I've done my five minutes and thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Good job and only a slight detour to talk about a murderer. A murderer. I had to get in there. Um, Alleged alleged murderer. That's right. That's right. Alleged. Let me ask you about Matt Duffy real quick. I want to hear you talk a little bit about Matt Duffy. Or say something so it's not just me talking. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think Matt Duffy's great. You know, he kind of – he's a real tribute to the Giants scouting staff that they saw him – they saw him at Long Beach State. They saw him – uh, he tore up the Cape Cod League, which I'm assuming is why he's on the Giants' radar at all. I'm not, I'm not even joking. I, I time. just it's always makes it always makes me laugh. So. Um, but I mean, he really did show something in the Cape Cod League that at no other point in his life he showed. I mean, maybe in high school, but because um, he had really bad numbers in college, like distinctly bad. A career uh, sub 700 OPS, I believe. Yeah. Like he didn't hit a home run in college yeah. and he had a great, and you know, he did a great job in the Cape Cod league and then he went back to college and he had a intestinal problem if I'm remembering right. And, um, and so, you know, he had awful numbers again. And so the giants scouted him. They said, there's something here that we can look at. There's something here we can work with. You know, the scout said that he kind of joked, Oh, I got it wrong. I had him as a utility player at best, but you know, what can you really tell from, the Cape Cod League. In fact, yeah, it, it wasn't even sub. It wasn't just sub seven hundred. It was sub six fifty OPS every year. <laughs> the, the best slugging percentage she ever had in college was two ninety one. Oh my god. Um, and then you know they draft him. He goes in twenty twelve. He goes to Salem Kaiser. He does not do especially well. They move him up to Augusta, and then after that, he just never stops hitting. And that's one thing that, you know, the Giants scouts saw something in him that nobody else saw. The Giants coaches did a great job working with him, refining his swing, getting him in the right mentality. And here he is, and he's a great player. He was second in the rookie of the year balloting last year. In a lot of other years, he would have been first. You know, Chris Bryant happened to be a force of nature last year. And you just really look at him and you kind of, not to get into Mike Kruko cliches here, but you tip your cap. Um, and it's just incredibly impressive. Yeah. To me, it just, it's that, that adjust that those adjustments that you could really see, like visually, you could see last year he started off, you know, he did well and then he slumped and then he, it, he kind of just turned it around, but it, it, it was, he got back to that first half thing, but seemed even more polished the second half around. And I know this is all like, what are, what are the facts I'm using, but contact and, and as approach at the plate and looking for pitches, uh, it, it really taking that giants philosophy to heart of looking for your pitch and being really smart about it. Um, there are a couple of, there are actually three doubles that got by him this week. And I'm wondering again, if it's kind of like Pagan, I'm like, is this just defensive shifting issues or are these just hard hit balls or, you know, it, his defensively we're all happy with it i'm just i'm just hoping it's like is the defense going to take a, a tiny step back this year i hope not i hope last year wasn't some sort of a mirage i think the giants will take last year again 
Um, but certainly, I think, I'm hoping for more. Uh, I think there there might be more there. Um, it, yeah. It's possible. I mean, I'm not going to count on it just yet. It seems like he's the sort of player who, who you know kind of comes out of nowhere, nowhere and has a great rookie year. And so in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, but sophomore slump, and then he'll maybe come back and be better in the third year. Yeah. <laughs> like just because I don't trust baseball players to keep being exactly as good as they were before. Yeah. Um, Are you worried yeah. about a sophomore slump this year? This is your second full-time season on McCovey Chronicles. My third full-time season That's on McCovey Chronicles. That's your third full-time season on McCovey Yeah. Right? Well, you yeah, didn't no, have a sophomore slump, slump at all. Um, no, it's, sophomores... it's only because I had a bad rookie year. I was very weak. <laughs> <laughs> mine was uh i i think i i started off as like a, a back end of a rotation guy and now i'm just like i'm like a, a lefty reliever so <laughs> with the occasional platoon advantage so i have declined steadily <laughs> uh well great thanks for listening um we'll be back next week we're going to talk a little minor league baseball, so I'm already lying about what the format's going to be because I, I want to bring in some of the minor league stuff. And so Roger uh, Munter, who writes for the site, he's he does a fantastic job covering minor leagues. Check the check the Giants. Um, oh, it's minor lines on the site on McCovey Chronicles. Great content every day. Um, check that out when he posts, and we'll have him in to talk some minor league baseball. Doug, nice talking to you again. Um, tell Good everyone talking. your Twitter your Twitter handle. Uh, I am on Twitter at, at MoonwalkMcFly. And I am at every sixth day. And we will be back at you next week.